Welcome to The M Word, where we bring you unfiltered conversations about all things marketing. Join us as we discuss the many highs and lows, bumps and twists, failures and successes of marketing and running a successful business. We are your hosts, Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Get ready for an uncensored journey into the world of marketing. Today on The M Word, we're talking with Danielle Ciari from InnoNurse. Danielle has a Master of Science of Nursing Informatics and is an RN with experience from hospital settings, trauma, and case management in the corporate environment. Danielle travels the world teaching clinical marketing and has learned that while tools and technology are key to marketing success, at the end of the day, it is really about relationships. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, welcome, Danielle Ciari. She is the founder and owner of Inno Nurse. Danielle, it's so good to see you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you both taking your time out of your day to have a conversation. And so this is going to be fun. Yeah, I think so. We are excited. So we would love to hear your background. Um, You were a trauma nurse, but you saw a need for something in marketing. Tell us about how you got to where you are and and part of your journey. Sure. It's it's been quite the ride. I got my undergrad in uh, trauma nursing at San Jose State and I trained at Stanford. And I just traveled the U.S. working at different places, learning you know, how do we care for each other in Vermont, learning about Lyme disease or learning about snake bites in the mountains near Yosemite or scorpions down in Vegas and, you know, learning um, how we take care of ourselves in Minnesota during heat waves and different things. And then we travel to other countries and I would see how we take care of ourselves using um, technology. And I stumbled upon a health tech that it was a thing. I wasn't just making it up. It was a whole field people were doing. And as I was studying it, I learned um, about marketing and about business at the same time. So I folded it into my education back in, I graduated in 2016 and just writing, writing what I liked, writing what I was seeing live happening. And um, marketers were drawn to it and they liked what I was saying. Companies were drawn to it. They were drawn to um, the story. Because what we do all day in the ER is tell stories. And you have to be a good storyteller. And that's part of clinical marketing. So it's been quite the journey. And I coded and created InnoNurse. And it's an open source uh, health tech library. And I use it as a tool to go around the world and um, basically market clinical informatics, nursing informatics. So for those of us who are so far removed from um, nursing and uh, nursing informatics. Can you define for the layperson what is clinical marketing? The way I would define it, clinical, is you can be a non-clinician and be a clinical marketer. So to me, it's anything dealing with healthcare, whether it's um, some people focus on hospitals, some people focus on, say, apps, mobile health technology, uh, some people focus on uh, the tools and the vendors with uh, nurses or patients or doctors use in the hospital. So it's basically to me promotion. You're promoting a skill set, you're promoting a tool, you're promoting um, ideas and sharing them. And then I use social media as my tool to share those ideas or my discoveries. And can you talk a little bit about InnoNurse? Because you, you, you talk about it as an open source library, meaning open access, like anyone can, can Just like a go library. there. Or- 
Mm-hmm. So it's not so, a subscription service. It's not, it's no not a revenue generator for your business. Correct. It's completely open. I created it because I couldn't find something for myself when I was in graduate school. So just like you would go to a public library, it's an open electronic library. And you would think, how does this all fit with nursing? So nursing informatics is a blend of three science. So as an advanced nurse, meaning that I have a two-year master's on top of my bachelor's degree, I can say, hey, this is clinically relevant information. By me coding it, that's the computer science portion. And then informatics, think of it more like the old Dewey Decimal System. So hashtag, and then taking the social media hashtag is like the topic. So when you search on the site, you can search hospital or you can search um mobile health or m-health or electronic health e-health to narrow down your search to um, videos podcasts um, articles and different research so i kind of do a daily summary and then using marketing a cute little picture and then the hyperlinks think more informatics and are you do so i because i i'm on your site and for our listeners it's inonurse.info correct yeah, so that's, it's I'm in the right place. Innovation, nurse, info, information. Yeah, so that's the theory behind it. That's it's great. So are you you are um, are you doing your own data analysis for for the articles that you're publishing, or are you um, curating health news, health science? It's a curation for, site for the audience. Yeah, okay. It's a curation site, but I'll add in um, articles that I've written, podcasts that I've been in, uh, things I found interesting. Maybe I find an article in a site called The Conversation. It was really good written in French, so I contacted the um, original author and asked, could I translate it in English? Because I thought what was said in there was really valid, but maybe it was going to reach a wider audience because of language barriers. A lot of people in the U.S. do not speak various languages. And I thought it was relevant content and information. So um, data, yes, I have analytics tied to my um, to my website so I can see how long someone's been on the page, when they were on the page, what kind of tools they were using. And based upon that in business, I could take that data and create a pivot table, an Excel table. Um, it shows me where in the world, not, it'll show down to the city of someone where they're looking. So then I could show a potential client, this is the visibility, this is how long someone goes to my site, these are the topics that are the most relevant for the month of the year, this is how many page views that I have. Um, my website is on, there's different associations. So a, a website might market me for, um, to come and to speak, and then I can do the link and put it inside in a nurse. Another example, there are different nursing informatic associations as well as different health tech associations. So there's one in Canada that is French-based and they use my website as a tool for their students. So it's, a, it's an educational open source tool. So it kind of self-markets itself in some ways now. How do you monetize that? The monetization doesn't come from a library. It's like in library, you wouldn't monetize it. Where it comes from is people see the site, they think it's interesting, they find relevant information. Within my website, there is um, different links where people can uh, respond to me. It's a lock, it has security on it. And then they say, you know, I like what you're doing. Can you please come and speak to my organization? Can you please come to my company? We like what you're doing. And we haven't seen a nurse do marketing. And then going to other countries because nursing informatics, it's 
depends on what country you're in, it's different ways of getting there. Someone might have their, um, what we would say in the U.S., maybe like an LVN or even associate's degree in one country. Then they might go and get a bachelor's in computer science and then like an MBA. And that's their combination of getting there. So um, it's usually, it's my open source tool vehicle um, to start a conversation. And then it goes from there. So Danielle, tell us more about these courses that you are teaching around the world, really. Um, what is your favorite course and what's been one of your most interesting locations? Uh, one of my favorite courses, I would say I did a four-hour course for the American Nursing Informatics Association. That was my first course, so it's probably my favorite. Um, and I just taught everything I knew with two other people. And then um, it was it was special to me because people had paid to come to the conference. Then they paid an additional fee to come and hear me speak. Um, and I wanted to make sure they got value from it. So then I asked them, you know, kind of raise your hands or let's do a poll. Did I teach you something new? Was there a new word or new concept? And everyone raised their hand. So that let me feel that what I've learned over the years um, as a clinical marketer has value to them. Um, I did another course, um, kind of post-pandemic, we were supposed to do one live. And the response, I actually got uh, written responses. And it was 68 written responses that said the only complaint, it wasn't long enough because we were, went from a four hour to one hour for the pandemic. Favorite country, um, so I, so tough. I, I would say I really like Denmark and Malta. Those are two are really nice, really receptive. It's um, I, Every place has been really receptive, um, every event. So I really... It's kind of like, I don't know if I could really pick a favorite, but those are really memorable moments to me. So it's, I would imagine that you are able to, through the work that you're doing and prep for your courses, but also the articles that you're curating and, and the things that you're, you're writing, you can see sort of the trends of where the focus is in the healthcare community or the, the nursing community and people who, who want to learn this, the, the d d data science side of it. Where does AI fit into all of this? Because I know like, you know, in, in my side of the desk, you know, it's everything from, well, can't we just have AI write the social media posts? Can't we just have the AI do the blog post and, and tell us what we should, what's trending and do all our work for us? So where is that showing up in your line of work? Um, I started looking into this probably, I'd have to go back and look, but probably 2018, 2019 and start collaborating with companies that were building chatbots in healthcare. And so one of my questions I always ask um, companies, whether they've been, you know, a new startup or established is where, where's your clinical person? Where's your clinical informatics person? Whether it's a nurse, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a pharmacist, you know, where is that person? Because when I first started, a lot of times there were zero clinicians. I said, you're building, you know, healthcare tools for clinicians, you're building healthcare tools for patients. And you, do not have your 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 patient list. You don't. There's certain patients that test products. You're building it. Are you building it because you feel there's a need, or you're building it because you know it will come? Like you're going to find those people. So with AI, I started uh, working with different companies, writing different articles, doing my own research about it, and then presenting that research. And I write what I like, and the companies that hire me know that it's not. Um, they don't dictate to me and tell me what it's supposed to be. It's like I'm the informed person. I'm writing it from my point of view with the research. So um, 
when it comes to healthcare, you see a lot of it like saying doing lung cancer screening, um, uh, a lot of dealing with, say, like radiology. So you see articles that um, claims because in the U.S. that's a big thing. People need to find the money to to pay for everyone and everything to keep the hospital afloat. Um, so I'm always trying to look and partner with different groups, writing white papers. I might be one of the few clinicians that are on there. And again, it's for healthcare. I said, you have to, the researchers are good. The data scientists are good. But is this product and tool you're going to use, is clinicians going to be using it or patients? And if it's either way, you know, a clinician doesn't need to know your, all your backend data, but also just for ethical purposes. You know, if you want to sell this and this is valid, then it needs to stand up to scrutiny. So just as you saying the chatbot, the AI can't do everything, you as the person still needs to go through to see if it's valid. Is it correct? Did it write something? Because it thought this is what you meant and that's not what you meant at all. So um, AI is a tool like any other tool. You use Word, Word has spell check, but you still need to read it to make sure that, <laughs> that it has the right meaning. Maybe you typed there, but you really meant there further farther so it's only as good as a user very true danielle i know in past conversations you've talked to me about how you you're a lifelong learner you're curious you're always looking if you don't know something you go out and you figure it out what's one of the most interesting topics or subjects that you're learning right now Oh, okay. My books. So I have about seven books sitting here. So one of them I'm going back and studying because I don't feel like I have enough. Like, of course, I've taken speech, but we don't really have like a communication course, like a communication major. So I found a, a book, Excellence in Business Communication, um, older version. I started reading. It. I said, "Ooh, I need this. I like this. This is already then in the say fourth edition was talking about social media. So I got the 11th edition edition. So it's really talking about, you know, PR, like how do you draft a proper email? Sometimes people have been emailing so long, but doesn't mean you know how to do it properly. How to use um, teams properly, you know, the etiquette in communication. And then there's different etiquette where I'm speaking with you and I know a little bit about your background. I'm going to find a common language with you. You know, we're going to find the ground as clinical markers or educated, you know, people in business. Um, but if I'm talking with a different culture where English is their second or third language and they're speaking as well as me, you know, I have to understand where they're coming from. So it talks a lot about like diversity in writing and knowing your audience. And so people always joke, I always say like, I try to meet people where they're at when I can. I don't expect people to meet me where I'm at. And I think we live in a culture where we expect people to meet us where we're at. So I'm always flipping and trying to, to understand someone to come from. So I would say my excellence in business communication, um, and then I'm studying for my nurse executive license. So it's a lot about emotional intelligence. So again, communication, the way you speak to people, um, understanding where people are coming from. And a couple of books, I'm trying to understand how bases are built. And you're like, why would you understand how bases are built in the U.S.? Because it tells a story. Why did they build the bases, you know, on um, Aboriginal people like closest to their land? And how did we come about in the U.S.? So um, I think one's called like base nation. So I'm trying to see it from another point of view of, you know, a soldier and an Aboriginal person. And, and it comes both, both their viewpoint and how we got here when we have bases across the world. So, so those are what's on deck at my desk right now. I love it. So Danielle, you've had a successful career. You started this 
um, website. People are finding you and asking you to come and speak and um, create courses. Has there been a time through all of this where you failed? Um, and was it one pivotal moment? Did it change the course that you were on? Um, did you just kind of get back on your feet? Like what, what's a time that you failed and, and what did you do about it? Um, I, I had a course with a low audience. And so I did a deep dive to see like what I could have done differently. Like, was it, you know, my marketing? Was it um, not looking, what I've, I've learned, I'm not looking for fault in people or myself. I'm looking for process. As you say, process, not people. What do I need to change in my process to make sure that, you know, not just so much I'm successful, but the person I'm parting with, that they're successful and they're seen in a positive light. So um, after that, I really try to focus and it's, it's kind of like um, you have to practice it, focusing on process and not people, not so much focusing on what went wrong, but how to improve the process for next time. Um, and so I just continue to try to improve, improve my process. Is it um, networking? Is it uh, signing up for more speaking engagements? Is it changing partnership? Maybe I need to change in partnership and direction and go meet, you know, new people, like I'm talking to both of you, I'm new to you, you're new to me, because sometimes you need to hear different thoughts. If you sit in the same circle, you just hear the same thing. So you have to break out of your circle. Um, and I do believe that you can learn from different disciplines. So I can learn for someone that's, you know, they're a communication maker. All they do is marketing. All they do, you know, is, is one thing and they're really good at it. I can learn from an architect. And I've talked with architects and learned about how do they build a hospital? Who's their PM? Is it a nurse? Like, how do you set up the patient flow for a room to make sure that, um, say, a burn patient is set up properly so there's no infection for that patient? It starts with, you know, from the bricks to all the way out the door. So I would say what I learned is to, to change the focus to process and not people. And it's a daily, I have to remind myself. And almost like yoga, you have to just kind of get back on the horse. <laughs> Yeah. Danielle, do you have, you know, proactively thought of or identified, you know, core values for how you want to operate in your professional life? Or is, is it more organic and just the nature of who you are? Do you oh, think of brands who, who, who go out of their way to talk about their core values and they base their, their business on that? That's a good question because then you're talking about mission and vision and, and things of that nature. But core values, I say what I always tell people first and foremost, like it's nursing informatics, so I'm a nurse first. So I follow my scope and standard practice of a nurse informatics and I let that guide me um, and dictate. So that covers like my ethics, that covers who I'm supposed to collaborate with, what I'm supposed to do. So everything listed in you know, like I'm supposed to talk to people nationally. I'm supposed to talk to people internationally. I'm supposed to always improve my practice, get certifications um, and do everything in an ethical fashion. So I'll jokingly say like, oh, I'm doing this because like, I don't want to go to jail. Like, haha, but I really mean like, I'm not going to go to jail. So <laughs> and I, I, and if I'm the clinician, I have to be the one that has to guide the conversation. So none of us wind up in jail. So I would say, um, I use my scope and standard practice. And if you, if you use that, you pretty much can't go wrong. 
Danielle, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges ahead of us within clinical marketing? Oh, I think stuff is changing. Like it seems like you go to bed and you wake up, something else has happened new than before. Um, before it was a lot of people doing networking events and conferences. And then when the, when the pandemic came, you know, we lost that touchy face-to-face and we had to find new ways. Like I had used podcasts, I'd used communication tools like this, but people, some people hadn't. They just relied on the face-to-face touching when it came to, to marketing or clinical marketing or um, some people were doing some graphics or doing like email marketing. So pe- people had to get creative during the pandemic. People are used to face-to-face um, started doing videos and going through their contact list and doing like a vlog or something like that, or, or they had not written before because they didn't see the, the ROI on it. Now they started, you know, right. Hey, how do you use, you know, these communication tools like Teams and Slack? I remember I told you that a couple of years ago, you should start using these tools and Zoom. And so people start using that. And now with like, you know, uh, Dolly and ChatGPT, it's changed, you know, again. Um, and it's going to, I feel like it's just evolving exponentially. Every day I wake up, there's a new tool out that someone's using, but if you've really established yourself and you're good at what you do and you show that you're always trying to grow and you're not afraid to, to make a mistake or take a lump, people will still tend to come back and to work with you. So someone could use an AI tool, but you still have to go back and reread it. You know, it can't be AI tools talking to AI tools. There has to be, you know, a story there. Sometimes they do a good job, but you still need to go back and kind of reread and there's there's value in people and there's value in the quality in what we do there's there's value in what we bring to the table and if you only just use tools and you lose that networking that human contact if you lose that then to me and kind of like what's what's the point because people to me that you buy into a person People's jobs change, people's career change, but if you're good at what you do and you're consistent, people will come back and they will want to do business with you. So it's just trying to do your best to be consistent. And when someone's moved your cheese and there's a pandemic or some airport gets closed, you can adjust. I think that's great advice to uh, to to close on Danielle. Uh, if our listeners want to learn more about you and your services, where can they find you? You just have to Google InnoNurse or Google my name at InnoNurse and I am right there. That's awesome. Well, Twitter, I know we've had... LinkedIn, um, there's also my site in Minday. Like, I, as I say, I'm not hiding. And we'll put some links into the show notes too when we post this. And um this has been enlightening. I've learned a, a ton that I didn't know existed. And I'll say, as the daughter of another RN, um, this was especially touching to me. And you're a University of Pittsburgh. I know you did your graduate work there. And that's uh, I'm an alum there as well. So uh, I feel a little bit of a kinship with you today. And uh, really appreciate your taking the time to talk with us on the M Word, Danielle. And we look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much. I appreciate everyone's time. I hope... I brought value and a little joy to your day because that's what we do around here in InnoNurse. Thanks, Danielle.
The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Our theme music is by Ben Mulchandani, also known as Moochie. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan and Emily Rare. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani. 